Welcome back to the Dad in a Rock podcast, special quarantine edition. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, uh, where are you at? I assume you're uh, in your house, in your bedroom? <laughs> oh yeah, locked up yeah, in the back bedroom like usual. Uh, haven't seen outside of these walls you know, as often as I would like to. Yeah, we're both uh, where we're supposed to be, according to the CDC guidelines. It's been a crazy week huh, since we uh, last had a podcast. Yeah, quite a bit's gone down. I mean, we went from, hey, everyone kind of be safe and wash your hands to uh, all out, you know, contagion, do not leave your house, <laughs> uh, everything shut down style. I mean, you know, kind of a little behind the scenes for our podcast, Chris usually works up uh, show notes for us to kind of, uh, you know, bullet point topics that we can discuss uh, week to week. And this particular show, there's a kind of a laundry list of uh, stuff to talk about, but, uh, you know, cancellations of uh, events and cancellations of, you know, movies and, and different things. But it turns out it just it was easier to say everything is canceled until yeah. further notice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Originally, I was like, okay, this has been, you know, stopped. E3 is not happening. You know, uh, South by Southwest isn't happening. You know, so a few you know, of these big events are happening. Uh, but when I was sitting down watching, I don't know what I was watching, exactly what day it was. My phone explodes and it says the NBA has completely shut down their season, suspended it indefinitely after tonight's games. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. So it was really the first thing that actually dropped that had some type of financial implications to it. And I hate saying that. But we were waiting for that first thing because they're not really going to always act in what's their players' best interest and their health, their fans' best interest. The bottom dollar is always the final interest for everybody. And when NBA said, you know, we're done until, you know, for the notice, that's when all of them started rolling in. Uh, the oh, NHL yeah. suspended and uh, MLB pushed her back. Cancel March Madness. I mean, my goodness, that was a huge one, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the little conferences went ahead and canceled. The Big East actually was going forward with their conference you know, tournament without fans in it. Yeah. They tipped off their game when everyone else canceled, and they stopped it at halftime. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they should – I mean, honestly, they should have just kind of taken heed what everyone else was doing and just not had it. Right. But, I mean, like I said, that every, everyone's you know, driven by that dollar. Yeah, I think it really became real for people once they started kind of canceling all these sports like NBA and March Madness and everything. Uh, for your typical guy who, you know, just has the work week and he's looking forward to um, relax at a bar and, and watch a game. Uh, once you took both the bar and the game away, it's really kind of set in for people. Yeah, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those sitting back. I'm a, I'm a huge sports talk radio person. Yeah. And it has been it's been terrible. <laughs> I mean, everyone's been talking NFL, uh, you know, free agency. You know, the big news with Tom Brady not returning to the Patriots. I cannot tell you how happy I am about that. He's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the by the way, if you haven't Bucs. seen it. What? Yeah. He's going to be in that that maroon and white? Oh, it's going to be – I can't wait to see both him and the Patriots fall on their face. It's going to be a beautiful <laughs> thing. I don't know when we're going to see it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, that was almost as big a story today as coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, right. ESPN was over the moon. Finally, something to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, they even said they were turning into the ESPN the Ocho just because they <laughs> run out of stuff to talk about and everything. So it's it was uh, nice to have a new topic, but that topic gets so repetitive at some point. I'm like, okay, I can't do no more. Yeah, our local uh, TV station, they actually took the uh, typical uh, sports news guys and they're moving them over to regular news for the time being because otherwise they didn't have anything else to do. 
Well, yeah, we're not usually a sports you know, podcast here, I mean, but that's one of the only things that's out there to talk about. <laughs> Everything's been canceled. I mean, we, we're all looking forward to those all those uh, Disney Plus shows to be released. And I think I mean, the most recent one that was close, I kind of brought it up earlier, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, they they ran into quite a few issues. They were in Puerto Rico when that 6.4 earthquake hit. Uh, they were in uh, capital of Czech, but they had to pull out of that because of the virus. And they were gonna, actually going to go back to do some reshooting. And it looks like that's not going to happen. So they may actually go ahead and set up a studio to finish it in Atlanta if that happens now. So, uh, I mean, we're talking, you know, little things here, little things that are affecting our, you know, our entertainment purposes. I mean, I think they're the more pertinent thing is make sure that, you know, everyone on the show is all right. But uh, it's like it's everything. It's hitting our, you know, our lives on all levels, even coming down to, you know, going to the grocery store to buy some toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. It's uh, kind of crazy. So, you know, since we have to be in the house anyway, it's a good time to spend with your family, play some board games, uh, catch up on some binge watching, some shows that you may have missed. I know I need to catch up on certain things. Uh, Westworld season three <laughs> just started. Uh, so there's uh, some TV I'm going to be hopefully watching. Um, I'm working from home, though, so even though I'm here, I'm still working. I don't really get to pay attention to too much. I can maybe watch Picard on my lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of stuck in a weird spot because I was in a transition period. Uh, you know, I was going to go actually start driving the buses for our local school district, and I was in the process of getting my actual CDL, and all of a sudden this all went down. They canceled school, so, I mean, in theory, there's no need for bus drivers or anything right now, and Honestly, with two kids, with school being shut down, uh, my wife works from home, but a requirement from her working from home is that there are no kids at home or no one at home with her. So, I mean, they're being leaning on the no one at home with her because, I mean, I got to be here basically with my kids right now because it's spring break. So we intended on having them both home anyway. Right. But they're in the, you know, in the process of possibly closing our daycares. So, I mean, that, that's also something. So when that goes down, it completely changes the way we were going to do things. Now, we are I mean, strictly on a one you know income household, which is it's doable, but it's going mean, to be tight, honestly. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know the uh, Kentucky governor, he said earlier this week, uh, he, he let it be known that daycares should be prepared to close within the 72 hours notice. And uh, I think we heard word today that um, they're supposed to be closed by the end of this week. So right after this week, my, my daughter will be home with me um, every day. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, We'll just see how this thing goes. I have faith that we'll be able to pull through it. I mean, thankfully, it's, it, it's, it's something that is controllable. Um, to where if we actually put in the effort, we can, uh, you know, flatten that curve, that statement that we've been hearing all week. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's going to take some effort for sure. How about social spacing? I never heard of that one either. Yeah, social distancing. Distancing. There we go. Was it? I, I seen a meme online. Uh, introverts are uh, celebrating because they don't have to go outside anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were born for this. Oh, yeah, they've been preparing for this their whole lives. <laughs> You know, on a much lighter note here, um, my family here to kind of keep our kids' minds off of this whole thing that's going on because I watch the news. I watch it long enough to get yelled at because I start yelling at the TV and my <laughs> my ideas of what's going down and the way things have happened irritate me highly. Yeah. But uh, I sucked it up. You're going to be shocked at this. I sucked it up and watched the live action Aladdin. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Okay. Well, let's hear it. And uh, this hurts my soul. Because how much I was scared of the movie, it wasn't terrible. No, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> I mean, they, for obvious reasons, they kind of almost removed Iago. Yeah. I mean, he had a few things going on. The whole, 
him becoming monstrous at the end. Yeah, I didn't need that. Yeah, that but, was kind of lame. <laughs> but uh, I didn't. I, I mean, I, I think I heard this back when it was first being released and made. Uh, Jafar wasn't scary enough. He wasn't old enough. He was way, in my opinion, way too young. But I mean, I'm kind of yeah. nitpicking the genie. Will uh, with Will Smith wasn't bad. I mean, he I I kind of I kind of bought it. If I was able to block out the original genie with Robin Williams. Uh, it was it was good. I mean, the ending. I even brought this up to Janessa. They, they left a lot on the table because at the ending of the original Aladdin, you were able to see that the genie was still the genie. He was just no longer in bondage. <laughs> yeah. Did this genie with, with Will Smith is he no longer a genie or is he you know the genie with no you know, no lamp or anything he's free to do as he wishes? I don't know. That's a good question because uh, he's on that boat with his uh, family apparently, and he's with Jasmine's handmaiden who he met in the film, and apparently it became the uh, mother to his children. Um, so he's just kind of living the happy mortal life. I don't know if he has magic powers or not, but uh, it'd be fun to imagine. You know, they've been talking of, uh, actually doing a sequel to a uh, live action sequel with. Continuing adventures of uh, the genie. So I'd have to imagine if that's the case, he probably does have his powers. <laughs> Otherwise, it might be a kind of boring movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you think they would hold true to, say, Return of Jafar? Or they go down their own road? No. From my understanding, it wouldn't be any kind of um, live action remake of any of the direct to video sequels. It'd be a new story, new adventure. Okay. I mean, I can buy that because there's already been two other stories go, you know, you know, based off the original one. So yeah. I mean, that would be fine with me. But what do you think of the opening? You know, the opening, yeah, rather than the guy riding the camel in, you know, singing this song. You had, you know, the genie Will Smith on the boat giving like a little intro into the movie itself. I kind of liked it. It was a nice way to bookend the movie, kind of opening with uh, him and closing with it. Uh, I don't know. At the end, when you kind of realize that it's been him the whole time and he's actually settled down with this woman, uh, it was a nice kind of like happy ending, you know, for for the genie. Um, and you're right. I mean, it, I think everybody was afraid of um, Will Smith doing Robin Williams' genie. But Will Smith was just doing Will Smith's genie. Like, it was just a new, different genie that was infused with uh, Will Smith's personality. So, um, I think they can be distinct and separate and and both be enjoyed. Yeah, they actually added two really good songs to it. I thought both Jasmine's songs were really good. I thought the last one was really good. Uh, When she's walking up and everyone's kind of frozen, she's kind of walking around them. Oh, yeah. You know, when she's basically telling her, uh, the head of the army guy to kind of, kind of nut up or shut up. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I was I was fearing that movie, and I actually enjoyed it. I've had like with Disney Plus. Are you guys getting your money's worth out of this thing right now, or is it just kind of sitting there? I feel like we're getting our money's worth. See, I'm I'm kind of a bad judge on that because I pay f- more for less content. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, like I, I you know, I pay forty dollars a month for. Um, you know, streaming live TV like AT and T and and stuff. So, and really, I just kind of watch Better Call Saul currently, and you know, Picard is on CBS All Access. So I'm kind of all over the place with all these streaming services. I mean, so far so good. I mean, Disney Plus, it's it's still running into the same issue it's been running into the last few months after Mandalorian. Didn't quite have anything on the back burner to kind of throw out there as the new hot thing. You know, Netflix has that down to a science now to where, you know, they'll have something and they're kind of releasing content for for all different kinds of people at all different kinds of times. So you may have one group of people like the nerds really interested in the new, you know, fantasy or science fiction kind of show. 
and then uh, another group of people that might be interested in the new teen drama or you know uh, murdering a true crime documentary series so they have so much content to please so many people that they're able to uh, you know stay relevant um, quickly when Disney plus I, I really you know you and I had talked about this before they really needed to have some other sort of property to kind of launch and be ready for when Mandalorian was done. And I think they're trying to fix the problem. You know, they, they're pumping a bunch of money into original programming. They're filming uh, things like the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, new either show or movie that they're doing with Josh Gad. And that's just one example. I mean, I know the Mighty Ducks is on the way, I believe, this summer. Um, so it'll get there. Um, I have no doubt. Yeah, we've actually been getting a, a lot of use out of it recently. Uh, pretty much, we went ahead and we watched Aladdin. We watched The Princess and the Frog. Uh, my kids loved, loved Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Oh, I bet. Oh, man, that they loved that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We watched Mulan. So, I mean, like I said earlier, we're, we're kind of watching a movie in the evening, and we're kind of picking it right off the Disney Plus app. So, it's something that they uh, will enjoy doing, you know, weekly. And uh, we, we typically would have done it tonight. But, uh, you know, it's our recording evening, so uh, we decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> And we're trying to, honestly, I was just talking to Janessa about this. We need to get them back into a routine. Uh, since they've been out, we've been letting them stay up. They watch movies. There's no real reason to get up in the morning, so I let them sleep as long as they can. Right. Uh, they're going to hate this, but I think I'm going to, you know, back to, you know, 8, eight o'clock bedtimes, you know, getting them up 7.30-ish, just kind of get their body back into that feeling like there's something going on, maybe going and getting a donut or, or, or something, just getting them kind of moving. So if you need to wake them up and put them in the living room, they're going to lay back down and go right back to sleep. Yeah. So. Some type of purpose, you know, for each day. And I think everyone's kind of struggling with that right now. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, early summer vacation. I haven't had to deal with summer vacation yet. Um, and uh, we're lucky that, we're at least somewhat lucky that this break was somewhat attached to spring break already. I think a lot of parents already kind of had plans in mind uh, for kids being out of school for a week or two um, during this time of the year. But, uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's kind of, we're kind of all figuring this thing out as we go. <laughs> Another thing, as far as like streaming movies and stuff, we've got Disney Plus, of course, but uh, there was some uh, COVID-19 related news as far as the streaming world. Where uh, Universal Pictures, they just had a success with uh, The Invisible Man. Um, their version, the latest version that was put under the theater is actually quite successful. I, if I'm remembering correctly, don't quote me on this. I think they, they only made the film for maybe $16 million, And it's already done, you know, maybe 50 or or even getting close to $100 million. Uh, so big success. I mean, that's what that's what you need to do with these horror movies. I mean, you can pump out a horror movie for a, a decent price, a decent amount of money and, and get a uh, return on your investment, uh, you know, tenfold because uh, people go to see them. You know, they want something different than the typical, you know, big blockbuster fare that, that that's out there. They, they want a, a good, you know, date movie option. So uh, Invisible Man, yeah, it had some success and it's already coming out to um, to digital video on demand here shortly. Uh, and some of their other titles, like The Hunt, which was just released a week or two ago, Emma, and uh, the sequel to Trolls, Trolls World Tour, which was set for an April release. Uh, they're still going to release it in theaters, if there are theaters to release it too by that point. Uh, but the plan is to release it simultaneously on video on demand, so you could you know, load up your Vudu app or your iTunes and uh, basically pay nineteen ninety nine to rent it for a per period of 48 hours. I thought this was kind of uh, cool and... 
um, I don't know, a new way of doing things. Do you think this is going to be a typical model for other studios going forward? Uh, maybe for this time frame, I can see them kind of going this route. Cause they, they don't want to push things off because they've got things timed out and they're they're playing years in advance. So it's something they got to go ahead and get out and get their money's worth out of it. And I mean, honestly, they're taking a hit when it comes down to the ticket prices. Yeah. But I don't think they want to take a, a hit overall by not releasing it or putting it up a against a movie they don't want to put it up against. I mean, say if we went back in time, would you really want, say, Trolls World Tour to go up against a Star Wars movie? Right. There's no way. I mean, we've seen actual movies rearrange their actual release dates around, you know, big blockbusters, just so it doesn't have to go up against it, so it can so it can make some money. So I love the idea. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Trolls World Tour, that's going to be a purchase in my household. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. We're going to go into the theater and see it. But, I mean, if I can sit down in my house, eat a thing of wings and, you know, <laughs> I'm with watch you. it, I mean, I'm all for it. As long as it comes in, you know, Dolby Atmos and HDR, I mean, I'm good. Give me the quality my TV can push out. Yeah, same here. Honestly, um, you know, when I go to the movies, I, I typically either – um, take my daughter to see the latest kind of family film that's released, uh, like a Trolls World Tour, uh, or if it'll you know be something I go see with you or to see like the latest Marvel movie or whatever. But when it comes to a lot of the movies, you know, I used to be a movie freak where I saw everything. Like I was at the theater every week almost, just seeing whatever new release was was coming out into theaters. And it hasn't been that way for a long time for me. You know, just be- between work and being an adult and being a father and a husband, just don't have time for all that. But Something like The Invisible Man, which I probably wouldn't have gone to the theater to see, it's kind of a different story if it's, you know, it's a Friday night, Saturday night, I'm kind of, you know, the wife and kid go to bed, and uh, I'm up with some some snacks, I might just uh, throw 20 bucks at it so I can see the, the latest release, especially if I hear good things about it, right? Yeah, your, your shorts and your, you know, your Ghostbuster underwear is watching. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> privacy and comfort of my own home. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Do you think this will be the new norm, though? You think movies will, if this if this goes well, say, for instance, Trolls uh, makes a good, you know, I don't know what a good number would be, you know, releasing it this way. But if, say, if they have a movie that could go up against a, a blockbuster rather than pushing the actual release date, go ahead and releasing it in the theater and online streaming so you have whatever option you want so you can actually... Say, for instance, I go see Star Wars, but I drop 60 bucks in a theater, but I can go home, say, the next day, and, you know, 20 bucks is not another $60. Um, I think you will be seeing more of this, especially if this is successful, but I think it's going to be based on the smaller films. I don't think you're going to have a same-day release of a Star Wars or a Marvel film um, to where you could either go see it in the theater same day or sit at home and rent it. I don't think we're going to get there. Maybe eventually, but it's going to take steps and little bite-sized pieces to get to that point. I think they're probably going to start out with some um, lower-revenue stream movies like this. I mean, Invisible Man, The Hunt, Emma, even Trolls to a certain extent. These are kind of like lesser films. Um, not to say lesser in quality, but just, you know, they probably weren't expecting maybe 20, 30 million for each of these in the theater anyway. Um, but if you do something different to where you release them and there's all this hype about them, you know, people are watching trailers, people are expecting them to come out. You know, the model has been so long that you need to make your money back that first opening weekend in the theater. That's how you see whether or not a film will be successful or marked as successful or profitable going forward. It's all about that opening weekend. That first weekend. Um, But now with these and and this model, you can kind of transition all that hype. And, uh, you know, I think people will be generally interested, you know, make it almost like appointment television to where it's like, oh, hey, this latest movie came out. Uh, I can't wait to, you know, sit home and watch it tonight. Um, 
I think there is a place for it. What kind of mix it'll be between actually being at the theater exclusively and how long that time frame will shrink between the movie theater and sitting at home. But yeah, with these circumstances, the way they are, where everybody's stuck at home, I think you'll be seeing more and more of this. Yeah, I think they'll have to make their money back somehow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we already complained about how long the actual previews are in front of the movies as is. Right. Or would they stretch that preview 45 minutes and add like Coke commercials and M&M commercials and Dorito commercials? I mean, they already kind of do that pre-trailers now when you get there early. I mean, is that something that you think that would be would help them make that that difference in that ticket up uh, by, say, every time that they release it, they get a certain kickback of, you know, of that. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I hate the idea, but I mean that would be <laughs> that'd be that would be the way I only way I can see them actually trying to get any advertising money out of that you know, that portion there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As far as advertising money, I'm not too sure. Besides a typical product placement, and, um, I'm sure you know if somebody rented on a Roku or something, there's probably some kind of kickback there. But uh, you're right. I mean, it's a new model. This is all kind of the wild west anyway, as far as streaming, right? Uh, we're kind of we were in the midst of the streaming wars, and this is just kind of another facet of it, as far as um, you know, the theater chains kind of losing their luster. And they've done a lot of work over the last few years as far as updating theaters, putting those leather reclining seats in. Now they're like leather reclining heated seats. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> no longer cold in the theater. I know. Sometimes they're a little too hot, man. Like I accidentally hit that button, then I'm like, golly. Well, it reminds me how hot my butt actually is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but there's, there's one movie here, the, one of the movies that actually Universal is releasing to uh, On Demand, The Hunt. That one actually has me really, uh, really interested. Yeah. Uh, do you know much about the movie? Um, just from what I've seen with the um, the trailer and a few of the commercials, I know it was delayed for a while. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out, I think, when you know a mass shooting or something happened, so they delayed yeah. it. I know it's got Betty Gilpin, who I actually know from Glow. That's a series that I enjoy on Netflix uh, about the uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling <laughs> on <laughs> Netflix, but. Uh, yeah, Betty Gilpin, and I think it's almost like, uh, I guess that she's kidnapped, and these other folks are kidnapped, they're kind of dropped on an island, and they're they're hunted for support by, I guess, these rich elitists or something. That's all I really know about the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I, I've got as well. The only reason I'm really kind of interested in it, because there is a, a short story that was written uh, way back, and it's called The Most Dangerous Game. And really, the premise of this short story is, I mean, we're going back into the 1800s. You know, two guys, two British guys are on a like a boat down in the Caribbean. And the sailors basically get really really quiet and scared because they're going by an area called Shipwreck Bay or something like that. And ships actually disappear there. And then they, they never find the crew, nothing. And come to find out, uh, one of the guys fall over and he swims to this island. And there's an old guy there that he hunts. And what he hunts are these these shipwrecked men. Oh. And he says, basically, he gives them the idea, if you can survive three nights, I'll let you go. And he's always he's hunted basically all the most dangerous game. He's hunted lions and tigers and elephants and hippos and everything that, you know, you, a hunter back then would consider, you know, the, the prize type things that, right. you know, to kill. Everything except man. Yeah. And he said the only thing that, that the one difference between man and all these actual animals is man can reason. Man can actually come up with other ways to go ahead and try to make this more difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, there's this one guy, is another hunter. He knows the hunter when he sees him. It's, the guy that, it's basically one of these famous guys written, who wrote books about everything. And he's read all his books. So when he sees him, he's, you know, over the moon. He said, finally, somebody that is worth his time. So if the movie is anything or any of that, like a play off that, that short story, 
I'm gonna love it. I actually downloaded that short story. I, I've listened to it so many times. I, I just know it, you know, really well. So it's 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 a fun book. If you don't know it, you can actually download it. I think almost for free. Uh, the most dangerous game, and uh, it's it's enjoyable. It's it's quick, so it's not something you have to dev- you know devote hours to. Right. But if it's something down that that line, which I kind of feel like it is, it should be uh it should be enjoyable in some. I want to see really who the antagonists are. Or what the why they're put here, why they're being hunted. So there's there's more I gotta find out about the movie, but I'm I'm halfway interested in it. I don't know I don't know if I'm twenty dollars worth of interested in it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I hear you. I've heard good reviews on that movie too. It was kind of a um uh like surprising film where it was uh, a lot of Maybe low expectations, and it kind of exceeded the, like, those expectations. Um, there is some stuff to watch out there. You know, as we're all kind of hunkered down in our living rooms with our families, um, I guess things could be worse, right? We're not being called to war or anything. We're just asked to <laughs> stay at home, which a lot of us uh, wanted to do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can always find something out there if it's from, you know, catching up on the West world. Me and Zach are actually probably going to start watching the Star Wars films and kind of going you know, through those. We might, we're probably actually going to, how would you feel with this here? How would you feel with us starting with Rogue One rather than Episode Four? Oh boy, starting with Rogue One. I don't, well, I, I don't know. Rogue One's kind of very serious and dramatic um, and, and it has a very different tone than A New Hope. It kind of, uh, even though, you know, you're kind of meant to watch those movies back to back because they lead one right to the other and it gives a good backstory. Rogue One has a very different tone where it's um, it's d- kind of dark, gritty, and then you transition right into that fairy tale of uh, New Hope, right? So um, I don't know. I, I think it's worth it. I, honestly, I, I, I have done that before where I watched uh, Rogue One and then I watched A New Hope. So, you know, if you're going to w- be watching Rogue One anyway w- through your exploration of the saga, then you might as well just go for it. That's what I was thinking. And we have, ac- we have access to Solo. Is Solo even worth kind of watching? I mean, once we're finished, because it has really no place actually in the, you know, the Skywalker saga. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got his, you know, it's a, it's a part of the timeline, but it's not really anything besides, hey, look, this is, this is Han. This is where Chewie met. Yeah. You're supposed to eat him in this pit. At this point, no. If they ever explore that story further with Darth Maul and uh, Amelia Clark's character, um, then maybe, but I don't think they're going to be exploring that too much further, maybe in comic books or something. So I think you're safe with leaving Solo a Star Wars story off your slate. <laughs> yeah, have, have you watched it since you've seen it the first time? Nope. No, no. <laughs> yeah, see, another have I. So, yeah, that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. I mean, I got yelled at today because um, amongst all this going on, I forgot that the, the new episode of Clone Wars came out, and I and shame on me. And uh, Zach walked into the living room and said, Daddy, you are watching Clone Wars without me? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, shush, moment's done. <laughs> okay, so we're at that point of the show that, you know, we like to you know, go ahead and cruise into the cheesy. Uh, you know, our dad joke. Cruise <laughs> into the cheesy? <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that in my life. The Leaning Tower of Cheesa! Uh, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so I'll go ahead and I'll roll mine first. Man, you know I love my furniture. Yeah? Me and my recliner go way back. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I get it. <laughs> I got a smile. I'm, I'm, I'm good with a smile. Well, these type jokes, so the smile is good. Uh, all right, I got one for you. Go for it. Uh, what did the drummer call his twin daughters? No idea. Anna one, Anna two. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was a genuine laugh. 
delayed reaction. <laughs> I liked <there>. it. <laughs> oh yeah, it took me a second. I was like, hold on. And a, I was like, okay, we're good. All right, I guess that's, that's how a dad joke should be. I got a bonus one for you, Star Wars related. Oh, go for it. How did Darth Vader know what Luke got him for Christmas? No idea. He felt his presence. Get it like presents, like gifts. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. You got a big smile. Not so much a point for a laugh, but you got a huge smile. Uh, all right. There you go. There's our dad in a rock. <laughs> There's our dad in a rock dad jokes of the week quarantine edition. There we go. Well, you guys know where to find us, you know, by now. Spread the word. Uh, I'm trying to get us out on Pandora. Uh, check this out. We had a download from the Philippines. Wow. Uh, Probably on accident, but I'll take it. It's a download. <laughs> but uh, we like all the love, guys. I, I'm active out there on Twitter right now. Probably more active on Twitter than I am really on Facebook. Where can we be found on Twitter? Uh, we are found at Dadnarok on Twitter and also just at Dadnarok on Facebook. I mean, it, it is that easy. We do not try to overcomplicate anything. If you guys are anything like us, easy is better. Yeah. Sean, S-H-A-U-N, at Dadnarok.com. Email me. And I'm Chris at Dadnarok.com. Okay, guys, and with that, you know what? Go ahead and uh, be safe, wash your hands, and uh, tune in with us next time. Ah, Dude, go wash your hands. <laughs>